Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. Carl can't help us break out of the barn on this episode of The Walking Dead. Happy Spooktober month on the special Normies Like Us. If y'all want to live, you gotta fight for it. You step outside, you risk your life. Have you ever done things that made you feel afraid of yourself afterward? Look at the flowers, Lizzie. I don't want to kill you people. Dumbass didn't know enough to shoot himself in the head. We are the Walking Dead. We're back. We're talking The Walking Dead on a spooktacular episode of Normies Like Us, because it's still spooktober. Uh, how you guys doing? It's your host, Colin. Hey, it's Mike. I'm doing all right. Yeah, I'm Joe. Doing great. And this is uh, Jacob. I'm doing Extraordinary. You guys have to be lying about that. I assume one of you just got scratched and you're hiding it then. I think it's the guy who said yeah, it's extraordinary. <laughs> I've never felt better. No, it's not it's just me? on my arm. No. Don't worry, guys. Uh, I, I, I ripped my shirt down that alley. Uh, nothing happened to my skin, though. Everything's fine. Yeah, I don't know. Look, it's, just, it's just my arm. We're, we're going to have to cut it off, but it'll be okay. Hmm. Okay, I'm glad you have such a positive attitude about this. Let's get you over to triage. We'll strap you down and lose that sucker. But you have to be positive, guys. In the post-apocalypse, when we're talking zombies, and that's what we're talking today. So I want to go around real Mm -hmm. quick and get your guys like, you know, usually like the question up top is like, what's your experience with the source material? Walking Dead, one of the most popular TV shows of all time, comic books, all that stuff. Uh, I want to know, when did you guys fall off? Mike, when did you stop watching The Walking Dead? Uh, All right. Well, for me, I stopped watching The Walking Dead pretty much um, post-Terminus. Like like post... um, Oh, you're throwing terms out I barely remember, but okay, keep going. Yeah, after the prison and the governor, when they got to Terminus with like those folk, like look at the flowers that's pretty much when i stopped um maybe around season four or five i'm not sure the time like like what season it was but that, yeah that's that's a good place to stop because it got pretty bad after that i never <laughs> saw negan for example or any of that stuff Ooh, yeah. so. so maybe not yeah. necessarily a super fan of the source material but i'm curious how about you joe when did you stop watching the walking dead um i stopped shortly after negan's first appearance because I was eager to see, you know, I, I know the comic book pretty pretty well. So I was eager to see how they would do Negan. I like Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Um, you know, there, there was a big controversy of like, are they going to do it like it's done in the books? Uh, I watched the first episode just to get that question answered. And I'm pretty sure that was the last time I saw it. And then mm-hmm. you were like, this isn't my daddy Winchester. I don't really need this anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. Um, no, and like, I think I had sort of stopped before that too and i was just like okay well i'll watch this episode because i'm curious Mm, all right how about you jacob as a a fan of walking dead have you ever fallen off come back on fallen off come back on yeah well that's the thing is uh i haven't really fallen off yet well i did after season eight which was the lat the wrap-up of the negan uh war which lasted like three seasons um so after season eight, which I which was terrible, I was like, oh, this I'm so done with this show, blah, blah, blah. So I didn't watch uh, season nine when it came out, which was last year, uh, last year's season. Uh, and then but finally I caught up to it when it was on Netflix. And guess what? The Walking Dead, it's actually good again. It's actually no. pretty good. <laughs> you, you can spend the rest of this episode trying to argue no, that to us. And I will. 
Because you'll be the niche on this one. We're we're kind of the normies now. Yeah. Well, actually, I mean, if you look at like reviews and stuff online, um, the kind of popular uh, sentiment about season nine is that it's a huge step up from where the show has been for the past couple of years. But I would say it's the best season since like four or five. So take that for what you will. I mean, it's still not amazing or anything, but um, it's definitely a lot better than what the show has been for the last couple of years. I do still yeah, like to think about uh, you saying things like, it sounds like you're in a cyberpunk bar. You're sitting there like, I fell off after the Negan Wars. <laughs> I was like, what does that <laughs> yeah. mean? Yeah. I couldn't make it past Terminus. I mean, I think the comic, book, uh, the comic book went through similar waves, right? Because I definitely fell off and on of the comic a whole bunch, but you know, I did end up finishing the series, so. Yeah. It- I um I actually like really enjoyed the early seasons of the show. I did read some of the comics and like I played the first Telltale game, not the second one. So that like and weirdly like covers all the sections of this show because Walking Dead has Ooh. influenced at least those things. So I, I it was enough for me to touch each of the properties and I'm not really a comic guy, so I did jump That's in and start reading man. like the very beginning. Yeah, it was like, a couple years ago, but I, I, I got in there, so I do enjoy the Walking Dead. I like zombies, you know, I'm a big George Romero fan. Resident Evil we did last year for Spooktober month. Normies, go back and listen. A lot of influences from that. So I'm excited to, to kind of jump in on this. But aren't you guys kind of pointing out what might be the bread and butter of this franchise? Like like Joe was like, I read some of the comics, I fell off. Jacob's like, eh, I never really fell off. It just kind of takes time to come back to. Like me personally, I'm with you, Joe. I watched a couple Negan episodes, fell off of it too. But like, is that what The Walking Dead does? It just crawls out of its grave. It comes after you <laughs> and bites you slowly. No, you can't give yeah. up on us. We'll always be here. Yeah, basically, because I wasn't planning to like continue watching the show after season eight. And then I was like, oh, it's on Netflix. I mean, it's not that hard. I guess I can just throw it on and see what's up. It's characters then, you maybe know you're familiar with. It's comfortable. It's easy. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm excited to talk about season nine a little later because like, um, I just like it's a it's like a huge difference from what the show has been for the last couple of years. And I'm kind of excited to get into that for sure. Yeah. And normies, we're going to kind of probably have carte blanche on this. So if there's any spoilers, you know, just know that's a heads up. Uh, we'll be talking about the yeah. whole series most likely. So um, don't yell at us. All right. With that said, I think this bite's starting to look a little worse. So let's go ahead and jump over to the comics. Talk the Walking Dead. back oh shut the door shut the door uh because guys uh i don't know if you know this but uh don't enter dead inside <laughs> right i mean that's that's what we're doing <laughs> yeah, here don't, today don't dead open inside i hate that yeah subreddit. that's what i put on my hotel door is a little hanger don't open dead inside <laughs> someone should market those they make a lot of money that is a joe you used to get loot boxes back in the day did you ever get one of those did wasn't that something that they gave out uh i have a ghostbusters one so I think that's what. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it says, "Who you not gonna call? Leave the door shut." Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Don't enter. Washers. Busting inside. Oh, that's really <laughs> funny. Oh man. All right, but Don't like enter. we're saying, we're talking the comics, Walking Dead. We got to start with this portion because obviously that's where it started. We're talking uh, the Walking Dead comic by Robert Kirkman. 
a very famous guy who's done other comics, Invincible. He's crossed over to more mainstream. I mean, he's done some Spider-Man stuff. Hell, his son's name is Peter Parker. <laughs> so it's like this guy wow. has comics in his blood. And you're talking uh, 2003 over at Image with him and Tony Moore. Two of my favorites, man. Yeah, and I actually jumped in and read some of these, which is like, as listeners of the podcast know, is rare because I'm not one to kind of get into this side of things. But I like the art. I like, you know, the theming. I like how mature it is. So if you guys want to expand on that. But yeah, Wouldn't I think that they're kind of like easy to come across because they were pretty consumable. I mean, everybody on the planet sort of sold them. You could go to Barnes and Noble and see every trade of The Walking Dead listed in order, thousands of issues and copies of them. I know my first exposure was before the show was announced. Joe was like, hey, mm. I've got the trade paperback number one. Read this. This show is going to be fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, also another recommendation, if you're trying to find a place to read it, check out your public library, because this is one of the biggest comic books of all time. Odds are they have some of the obvious connections or collections. Nice. Yeah. I ended up getting it on a Kindle, just reading it digitally. Mm -hmm. It's got like four or five books, something like that. You know, I didn't get through the whole thing, but yeah, it's just, it's pretty accessible, I guess is the point. You're able to definitely find this. And it's done now, right? Is that correct? They've it's had done a final now. Issue. They did yes. 193 issues. It did end this year. But Mike, you're saying accessible. I mean, you know, Image Comics, the thing about Image is they were brought together by people who were kicked out of the big ones. It's Jim Lee. It's Todd McFarlane. People who are known mm. for like DC, Marvel, shaping what they look like, shaping what they do. And they're like, well, we want to kind of make like our own imprint, a little side thing. These were um, the bad and with boys The Walking Dead. The hmm. Bad Boys of Comics release yeah. the most popular comic. And like literally they just invite Robert Kirkman into their fold to be like, hey, this is our bread and butter. Like I said, this is our number one bestseller. Let's make you a partner here at Image. And he gladly joined up on that. Well, and what's awesome about that, too, is it was one of the only comic books in history where the top selling issue was always the latest issue. Uh, so every single issue of Walking Dead picked up more and more readers, I think up into like issue number 50. So like, just think about that run, like your thing starts and it's pretty popular. And then every single month, more and more people are getting into it. That's like incredible. Yeah. I imagine a TV show 50 episodes in gaining a larger audience every episode that would be historic that's crazy that's what this accomplished building its army of uh zombie fans and does that become from the sort of constraints that they're working in the world where they're saying hey we're telling this serialized story but you can dip in you can dip out because of the stakes of we're going to kill off our main characters we're going to kill off our supporting cast but with a tv show as a viewer you're like no i want a main character mm. yeah um you know, I think that that's one thing that the show and uh, comic held true to each other. And I guess that's something we'll talk about a little later. But like the the comic is just as brutal as the show, if not a little more so. And what would you say is maybe like the biggest strength of the comic when compared to the show or not? You know, no one was doing slice of life horror comics um, mm. like that never really existed before. There were horror books. Um, a lot of like gore fest type books, but there was not a serial serialized uh, slice of life about people living in a certain set of circumstances. Right. I mean, it's almost like 
it's almost like a manga in in that way. Mm-hmm. Oh man, Joe, like- I was going to say the black and white aspect of it makes it so cinematic too. You're saying the manga. I mean, obviously a lot of comic books do black and white penciling and coloring, blah, blah, blah. But it was cheap. I mean, so much so that the Walking Dead show was like, well, maybe we release a black and white season for the first one. Like they did try to emulate it. Yeah, I, I watched that season. It was included on the Blu-ray. Um, it's awesome. Yeah, and I like that um, you mentioned this serialized kind of horror book because, you know, we look back at like comic book history and even when we're we're talking, you know, some of our other Spooktober month stuff, there was like always that niche of like horror books, but it, it seems to me like it was always kind of short stories or like Tales from the Crypt-esque where like it's not like a serialized thing. So I, I, I like that you brought that that point up. But, and the, the great thing about the book is uh, each trade paperback really serves as a film. Like you could... You could read the first trade paperback, put it down, never read anything else, and it's still satisfying. Uh, yeah, you get like a good arc through each book. Yeah, and like you focus on I characters like that. that you might not know. You're mm-hmm. saying that, Joe. I'm even saying the creativity. Uh, I know that you and I are fans of the letter hacks in the back, which is literally Robert Kirkman just answering questions. And the way that he sort of like will build narrative tension just by talking to his fans, because people will write letters and say, well, like I have this theory that this is going to go this way. And he'll just be like, you picked up on something. It will pay off. Follow it for a while. Yeah. In the a- era of. Yeah, go ahead, Joe. I, it was just a mega slow burn comic too. Like there were storylines that took forever to pick up. And then there was other ones that they would just come out of nowhere. Like the whole turn to the prison was, was a fast abrupt movement, but then you have the Negan war that lasts just as long in the comics as it does in the show. What's like your favorite, uh, segment from like your favorite kind of arc i guess if we're talking in manga terms your favorite arc of the walking dead the way it's executed in the comics uh colin and joe do you guys have a favorite on well this i'll just jump in and say you know just to talk a little bit about differences like when when the governor was mm-hmm. being introduced joe i remember you just being like look david morrissey's doing an awesome job with his performance but the governor in the comics is sadistic insane like actually very different physically because he ends up having like a lot more like ailments and like getting crippled a lot more. And he's just a ruthless dog. I love that shit. Yeah. Um, That's what, yep. That kind of got me to read as I heard he was more brutal, but I never made it there. Oh yeah, he commits a rape, Mike. I mean, like it's pretty brutal. That's a bad guy, yeah. He gets his though, like. Right. (laughs) Michonne, Michonne does some pretty brutal stuff to him. That's good. Joe, you were going to say something before I cut you off. Sorry. Um, Yeah, I would just say like my favorite arc is honestly the first one. I think um, there's the drama of uh, Shane is is really kind of dragged out and not all that satisfying to me in the show. In the Mm -hmm. comic, it is. That's the first arc. uh, It's the, oh, I wake up. My wife is now sort of with my best friend. There's a lot of conflict between us. And uh, Carl actually is the one to kill Shane. Um, And it's just really, really well done. It shows the stakes of the world. uh, And it's a great little, like, mini movie. Yeah, I'm with you. I did read up to, you know, through that point and a little bit further. But, yeah, the way, like, that opening arc is handled show to the book like yeah it's a little bit darker in it like the pacing and like having carl like have that weight on him from the start 
of like this is a brutal world good stuff it's a little bit darker it's a little more focused on community mike because like joe's saying and like you've said after reading that first trade you know you get that little encampment of the campers you know you get uh, steve young's character from the show you know everybody uh, mm-hmm. together and they're just like well you know we're surviving. We're not necessarily interacting with zombies every moment. But like Joe said, we're getting the interpersonal drama of, by the way, I, I knocked up your wife. <laughs> it's like, oh, shit. You know, that's not, that's not going to happen in Superman. Um, speaking of the community, another favorite moment of mine that isn't really explored, at least where I dropped off in the show, is the, you know, the famous We Are the Walking Dead speech. Um, mm. Oh, that just, is in the show. Oh, they do do it in the show? Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, I couldn't remember it in the show, but in the movie or in the comic, it's great. Um, and like the he way he does it after the CDC in the show, right? No, no, he does it in like season six. Uh, he does it's later, yeah. Um, but I, you know, like the in the comic, he's just like in the prison killing zombies, like for no, you know no reason, and that's when he says it. And like the way he loses his hand in the comic, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Like it's just. You know, it does a really great job of making, you know, every good horror, the the monster is you. Mike, or Mike, Joe, you just brought up a huge difference. You know, <laughs> our, our lead character loses his hand, uh, you know, something that they could never figure out to do on the show. And obviously, Andrew Lincoln, as Rick Grimes, didn't want that. But they did get to a bunch of points where he would punch and break. And you're just like, oh, is it about to happen? Is it about to happen? No, I would always think it was going to happen. Yeah, so fun fact, uh, season nine, they gave that uh, plot point to the character Aaron. So Aaron loses his hand. And in season 10, he's actually going to have like a mace thing on his hand. It looks pretty sick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Save it, it, baby. Don't don't use the wrong hand to wipe. (laughs) (laughs) So I do think it's interesting how, you know, some characters in the show are dead in the comics and vice versa. And then some characters that give some certain plot points to other characters so they kind of change some things but like um you know the show has killed characters that are still alive in the comics like like carl for instance um and and then some like like angela some of angela's from the uh comics character traits get put onto like michonne and and other characters like that yeah i mean i love that they didn't make it in a, a direct adaptation and like kirkman has talked about that making sure that the show and comic are different because like you said andrea is a major character throughout all of the comic um that wasn't the case for the show yeah he's been vocal about like being able to tell different stories like with the same characters through the show and like yeah that was a big point of his and i think it's cool that you have both of these artifacts that are their dna is linked but they are separate species um Oh, yeah. Let's talk about the biggest change. Let's talk about the Dixon brothers. I mean, you got Merle, who was a character in the comics, introduced, uh, played on the show as well. And then they kind of give him the the missing the hand stuff, too. Right. I can't remember if that's in the comic book. Yeah. 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 Yeah, And you got the biggest change of all. His brother as a huge character. Right. Yeah. Daryl. Yeah. Daryl, maybe the most popular character in The Walking Dead. One of, if not the most. Yeah. He's he's been around. He's still got a motorcycle. Like he still like, has his weird angel wing vest. It's like, yeah, we get it. He's the guardian angel of this he's, camp. He's the best, though. I, I found Darryl. a pack of cigs. It's all I need. Daryl Daryl's great, but yes, he doesn't even exist at all in the comic book. You know, normies, as we were saying. So that's like one of the biggest departures. So fan favorite on the show, non-existent in the book. So 
Um, definitely divergent enough to be worth checking out if you are a super fan. Oh, yeah, and I think that creates some interesting tension on the show because it does give the comic fans who are watching, we have no clue what's going to happen to Daryl. You know, at every moment, it's like, well, is he going to get Rick's death? Is he going to get this character's death? And you're like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think, and even if, like, you catch wind of something that you read in the book, like, oh, is this where they're going? And they could totally swerve you, or they could go with it. But just having that knowledge, or even having seen the show and then not reading the books, you read the books down, and you're like, is this going to be like what happened in the show? And it might surprise you, like like the governor, I think, especially has some really surprising stuff that's not uh, what's on the show, just as an example. All right, well, I think we got to talk about the last issue then. So let me ask you this. Have any of you guys read it? Mike, Joe, Jacob, has anybody read this last issue of The Walking Dead? Yep. Nope. Joe, yeah, <laughs> we yeah. will walk people through Please. it here then as the uh, the resident normies, I guess. But uh, it's interesting. It goes exactly where people had predicted it would forever. It follows a grown-up Carl. So the issue before it, 192, we do see Rick's death. We do see the fallout, all that. Uh, and then we just jump right into the future as Carl is an old man. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, it does what you see a lot of comics and TV shows do where you get the like, you know, we, we've done a major time jump. Now you're going to see where all of the characters are. Uh, yeah. So you do get mm-hmm. some follow ups. We're going to do a time jump. We're going to call everything that all of our characters have gone through, the the stuff that you've read and loved, the Troubles. We're going to give it a really dumb name and be like, oh, I remember back when the Troubles were, when zombies were roaming all over the place. No, not zombies, because we're never going to say that word. Yeah, no, that's right. good. Yeah, the Trouble with Tribbles. Um, it's, it's, that's like <laughs> that's an easy it. device, I think, though, the time jump forward, right? Um, like Red Dead Redemption did it. Yeah, in the first game, it's like oh, 10 sure. years later, you're now the sun and like following up that arc, you know, so it's it's useful because you can always then go back and be like, well, what about the time that we jumped? We can retell that story, too, if we ever feel the need to. So, yeah, yep. I don't know. Largely unsatisfying, I would say, as a fan, because, again, people predicted it for so long that it would end up being Carl's legacy. And, of course, we already talked about it. We know from the show that they cannot follow that footing. So what do you do, guys? Like, is this something you wanted to see? I mean, I think it's one of those things where you can't. uh, It was going to end. Like, how else are they going to end it? Like, the whole point of The Walking Dead is that it never ends, that this is the way things are and this is the new norm so like i don't i don't really mind it as a final issue um because you know it it had to end some way they already tied up the rick stuff so yeah at least you know carl made it yeah and i I like that theming of you know everyone's like oh we gotta you know we'll find a city it'll be fine we'll find the cdc it'll be fine We'll, we'll figure out a way to get back to normal and it's like there is no normal this is just it and get through every day uh, there is um, no normal just... how about this mike uh mm-hmm. in the comic you have herschel who is the child of uh, mm-hmm. maggie and um glenn uh, all grown up so you're seeing him so keep in mind a much younger character as he would have grown up in the apocalypse you see this mm-hmm. detachment from him where carl is so angry because he leads a traveling circus show of zombies like that's how weird they've become to society like Uh, people don't even like they're not even scared of them anymore but carl's like get these creatures the fuck out of my town right oh man he's like the grumpy old man (laughs) yeah it was like i've been through the troubles 
and you, I'm in trouble. You see here. all the the legacy names and characters. So like, I mean, I, don't, I, I like a lot of it. Um, I like it. I just really do despise the attitude that people treat it like the Dust Bowl. I understand that that's what he's going for. It's so normalized. We have to get past our trauma. But it's so different when it's your loved ones, the dead, are rising from their graves. It's like I, there's a mental aspect to that that I just can't get over. Well, even the idea yeah. that like he's being fined. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you got to pay a fine for killing someone else's zombie. It's like, what? What, what are you oh, doing? Fuck me? you. Yeah, it's a tax. Dumb. You didn't get your permits. You got to file with the county clerk. You know, yeah. you didn't have your zombie killing license. So, what happens to Rick? Did Rick die in the comics or what? So, Rick's arc, of course, comes to the head that you would expect with Rick, where basically he's just bossing everybody else around and finally somebody gets tired of it. He gets to the largest community that they've ever had. He is being propositioned up to be the leader of it, but he's forcing so many changes and forcing so many of the people currently in power to relax their power that he is assassinated. Oh, mm. okay. okay. Yeah, he's yeah, just killed by a punk power kid. A big... I mean, it sucks, yeah. Yeah, but it's like that that struggle for power in a world where laws don't exist has always been a big theme. But it's know? basically what we've seen before where other punk kids have tried to kill him and then Carl just ended up getting shot in the face. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like, it's basically like, well, Carl just wasn't there, so his dad had to die this time. <laughs> and that's a lot of guilt in my mind. So I don't like any oh, of you're, it. You're, your luck's going to run out at some point. But don't worry, they do build a big statue for him. Oh, yeah. yeah, and he's considered, like, resources. the hero. Yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> totally, Mike. It's like, we're, we're having trouble keeping horses together, farming, but you know what? Let's get that statue of Rick up. We really need that for morale. <laughs> I think it's going to help out. Um, I have a question for this comic section, then. Do you think the Walking Dead comics, are they, or read it all, read some of it, or just thumb through it? I would say read some of it, because as a guy whose favorite character is Michonne, to see where she ends up, where she's just like a judge at the end and like really ineffectual and she's like a super old lady. It's like, I don't want any of that. I fell in love with the warrior princess. Like, give me that. Zombie two chains. Like, that was so sick. Jesus Christ, that's so iconic, Mike. And you learn the origins of those guys. She was so like tragic, but badass. Like Michonne is like, she could like be debated against Daryl for like best character, I think, but um, easily it's a tough one. Yeah, she's cool. Yeah, it's Joe, just what a, do you think? Yeah, good. I I think you read it all and you don't watch the show. I mean, to me, it is the better version. Wow, there's the take, Normies, right there. Read the book, don't watch the show. Jacob's gonna come up here in a little bit and have a uh, the kind of other side of that. But you're also mentioning something about Michonne as we're looking at differences of the book in the show. Oh, yeah. I was just saying Michonne, um, she's still going strong in the show. And like she's kind of the new Rick since, you know, obviously Andrew Lincoln wanted to get out of that show. So um, they've had to kind of replace him. But uh, yeah, Michonne still going strong. Great character. Awesome. Anything else on the comics, guys? Or do you want to talk the uh, the television AMC adaptation of The Walking Dead? Yeah, let's go for it. TV brains in my hands. I hold the ashes in my veins. Black pitch runs in my chest. 
We're back. We're talking Walking Dead, but like we said, it doesn't just die on the page, guys. It dies on the screen, and potentially the big screen as well, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, The Walking Dead, of course, created by Frank Darabont when it was adapted to TV. Frank Darabont, most known for his Stephen King adaptations. He did The Mist. He most famously did Shawshank's Redemption. Yeah, actually, if you watch The Mist, you'll see about five or six uh, Walking Dead actors in there. Very true. Um, I wish it started Andrew Lincoln. a lot Lincoln. of the same actors. I guess I missed that. Oh, you got to check it out. Uh, you know, as yeah, Stephen King fans, go back it. and check out our episode. We've recommended The Mist before. But, of course, differences happen. Things fall apart. Seasons continue. And, guys, here we are ten, ten seasons later. It's a lot to keep track of. Jacob, will you walk us through it? Will you walking dead us through it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are the walking dead. Oh, no, I'm throwing up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll just give a quick rundown of each of the seasons so that people are kind of understanding, you know, what happened to each other, because they're kind of hard to distinguish if you're not caught up on them, I guess. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Um, so, yeah, on season one, obviously, that was the only Frank Darabont season. Um, I think it was like six episodes, um, just kind of showing, or maybe it was like eight, but just showing the potential of what the show could be. Um and then obviously, you know, between seasons one and two, there was a big falling out with Frank Darabont and AMC. They weren't paying him enough. And then things got pretty nasty there for a while. And then he mm-hmm. left. Um, I thought season one was pretty good um, for like a start of the show. And then obviously they end up at the CDC at the end with, with Noah Emmerich, the scientist and everything. It was pretty good stuff. Um, season two, the start of the Glenn Mazzara era, who took over for Frank Darabont as a uh, showrunner. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when they go to the farm and that's when you meet Herschel, Maggie, uh, Beth, you know, that family, um, stay away from the barn. Yeah. Honestly, I thought season two was pretty bad. Um, they had a, uh, obviously they cut their budget, so they had to stay in that one location the whole like season. Basically they couldn't do a lot of cool Walker stuff and it was just kind of got kind of stale of them. Just, just people like, arguing talking to farm. each other. Yeah. Ugh. Yes. And so much filler. And which is a, a reoccurring problem with Walking Dead that we'll find out. But yeah, so we got the farm. Then season three, what do we got going on? Um, yeah, so yeah, the farm. And obviously, at the end of season two, the, the farm gets overrun by a herd, so they have to leave. And season three, they show up at the prison. So that's the beginning of the prison, and then they also find Woodbury, which is the settlement that the governor runs, and then we mm-hmm. get all that. Season three, I didn't like either like i thought season three was pretty bad um the governor was kind of a cool character but I, he didn't really reach his full potential i don't think andrea was a big part of it and i think andrea was like the most annoying tv show character that Boo. has been in the show <laughs> so we're the three seasons in and you don't really like any of it yet <laughs> I like right. season one, but <laughs> this is a good reason to stick around, normies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's the reoccurring thing with Walking Dead is like it's not a good show, but yet wow. I've watched nine seasons. Re- of I would it. say a reoccurring thing is that like even the people involved, the actors, you said Andrew Lincoln, everybody just grows tired and sick of it. Where he's like, I don't want to do this yeah. anymore. <laughs> well, you're in Georgia, sweating your ass off for six yeah. When you've been doing year. it for nine so years already, true. like yeah, you probably want to so. Leave. Yeah, so let's get through the, these kind of season yeah. breakdowns here. We got so season three, prison. not my favorite, probably one of my least favorite. Then we get to season four. That's the prison part two. Uh, if you remember in mm-hmm. the beginning, they, there was a big illness plot line where there was like a plague going on through the prison. And then um, they have to leave the prison and they, the, the season ends with them arriving at Terminus. 
this season was really good and actually, well, here's the thing. So this is um, the start of the Scott Gimple era, Scott Gimple taking mm-hmm. over for Glenn Mazzara. And actually, here's the thing with Scott Gimple is I hate him and he sucks, <laughs> but, here's okay. the thing. His first, but his first two seasons on The Walking Dead were actually my favorites. But then from there, it went really downhill. And then obviously he, he ruined, he also ruined Fear of the Walking Dead, which we'll get into too, maybe. This but, is um, off, yeah. Yeah, so start, start of the Gimple era, looking good. I think season four was the best season of the show so far. Um, they bring back the governor in like a cool way. Um, there's a big confrontation outside of the prison, blah, blah, blah. Um, Terminus is a very interesting concept. Then we get to season five, which there's that Terminus cliffhanger. They all get captured by Terminus. Oh, it turns out they're eating people. Oh, no. Um mm-hmm. Season five, I think, was awesome to start with. Then it kind of, once they escape Terminus, it goes in this weird hospital plot line where Beth gets, like, abducted by these, like, hospital people. Very strange. Didn't like that part. Um, but then I by the end of it, the they... hospital people. <laughs> I have yeah. forgotten yeah. everything that he, every part he has gone through. I've been nodding in the no. corner like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So season five, they go through the hospital and then end up at Alexandria which is a big settlement, uh, obviously. And this, I think season five is where they do the We Are the Walking Dead speech because they're traveling so far to find a new settlement and they find Alexandria. Mm -hmm. Um, So season five, pretty good. Mixed, kind of mixed, but good. Season six, obviously they're in in Alexandria now. Um, You know, Rick is at odds with, you know, their leaders and stuff. And then we meet Negan at the Mm. end. So... First appearance of Negan, um, not not a bad season, but unfortunately it goes downhill from there. So then season seven, season eight come through, and this is all dealing with the Negan Wars. Mm-hmm. So season seven is the big uh, cliffhanger, of course, where they kill, uh, where Negan kills Abraham and Glenn. So obviously that turned a lot of fans off, even though like that's what happened in the comics, right? Where at least Glenn. He killed Glenn in the comics. Yeah, he mm-hmm. killed Glenn in the comics, and it was a huge moment. And, like, I just wanted to stick around to see if they were going to have the guts to do that. But you're also skipping over the whole, like, the season before where they were like, oh, Glenn died, but then he crawled under a dumpster so he oh, didn't yeah. die. That um, was terrible. I don't know why they did that. That was so sh- dumb. We're hitting he a history of uh, cop-out finales, mm-hmm. too. Yeah, the, yes. exactly yeah. what Joe's yes. saying. Every single so time. so annoying. Well, I did kind of like what they did with the Negan appearance because they kill Abraham first. So you think, oh, Glenn's safe. That's great. I don't care about Abraham. Kill him. I don't nah, care about nah. that Street Fighter <laughs> character. And then immediately <laughs> afterwards, they, he also kills Glenn. So I thought that was a kind of cool moment because it kind of threw fans off for a minute. Uh, but the way they did that cliffhanger, not so good. But if we're talking gotcha. about the, the bad cliffhangers, I mean, to me, that starts in season one. Like, I think... Season one is a perfect season, and except for the finale, which I fucking hate. Like, well, like when they go to the CDC and stuff. Yeah, don't try to explain what a zombie outbreak is ever. Yeah, that's like that rule was number one weird. to me. It's like you you fucking blew it by doing that, and you had all these great practical effects the whole season through, and then you end it with a big dumb CGI explosion. Yeah, true. Yeah, there's that one lady that's like, oh, I'm gonna stay here and just like die. Keep up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Hold on, before we get to any of that, I want to hear a bit about season nine. So this was the one that yeah. just went up to Netflix. And Jacob, you were saying seven and eight, you kind of lumped together. That's just all dealing with Negan stuff. Yeah, so season seven, obviously they killed Glenn, um, and then a bunch of Negan stuff happened. Season eight, oh, more Negan stuff. Great. This is so mm-hmm. interesting. Um, <laughs> I really hated season eight. I was like so done with this show. I'm like, I'm not watching this anymore. Season nine comes out. I don't watch it live. But then obviously I catch up on Netflix just in the past week. And so obviously Scott Gimple leaves to go uh, take over Fear the Walking Dead. So they so they have a new showrunner, Angela Kang, who's been on a who's been a writer on the show since I think like the beginning or at least like season two or three. Mm -hmm. Um, And guess what? Season nine is like my favorite season since four or five. Probably wow. like top three best seasons of all hey, of them. Can I just say that Those real quick? Those are the quick? only three seasons you liked. <laughs> yeah, I love that. But still, Angela Kang, the way you just described her being like, she, w- she was there at the beginning. Everyone else died. And then she became a central character. Again, isn't that just what the show does? That's, yeah, essentially, yes. And more so ever, more now than ever in season nine. Because basically what happens so the first six episodes is really wrapping up the whole, you know, at the end of season eight. Um, Carl dies in Rick eight. T- uh, Carl dies in eight. Rick takes Negan captive, but doesn't kill him and says, uh, this will be a message to humanity that will leave him alive. So they imprison Negan. Then season uh, nine, the first six episodes are kind of wrapping up. You know, there's a big thing with the, the saviors and all these different communities trying to work together. They're trying to build this bridge. Um mm-hmm. And then what? Episode, episode six is Rick's last episode of The Walking Dead. He gets written out to go do his TV movies or whatever. Um, and there is a six-year time jump. And the rest of the season takes place six years in the future. Carl is dead. but So who do we have instead? We have Judith. Aged hmm. up six years. <laughs> Judith is the new Carl. Great. I'm, I'm all right with that. Yeah. Why? Well, I, I see shaking heads. I, I'm shaking all right heads. with that. Okay. Let me try. Let me, I know probably well, we can nothing maybe get I can more say. Detail. Yeah. Nothing yeah. I can say is really going to pitch you, but let me try to pitch you on season nine because it's great. Um, Please. I think the the main reason I like it is because it's very, very Game of Thronesy right now. So you're talking six years in the future. There's no gas left or barely any gas. So everyone's using horses. They're using <laughs> little uh, drawn wagons and stuff. There's no guns anymore because people don't have bullets. So people are just shooting bows and arrows and, and it's great. It's very, there's all these different settlements. Daryl keeps going, Hey, you guys heard winter's coming, right? (laughs) (laughs) Daryl has a little dog that follows him around now, which I love. Oh, so he's, he has a direwolf. Did he name uh, it Merle? Yes. (laughs) And no, he just calls him dog. And then this dog is like so well-trained. He can like point out walkers for him and he goes and like, Oh, man. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> the dumbest shit I've ever heard. No, um, no, it's actually amazing. I'm kind of coming um, back into the room. Yeah, bullshit, Joe. <laughs> I might watch this now. <laughs> Just I mean, season nine yeah, from episode pretty, six onwards. It's pretty unrealistic, but uh, amazing in the same way. So, and yeah. So, the, so the, the new. Point, yeah, the new antagonists obviously are the Whispers, which are from the comics. Um, the main. Uh, antagonist uh, being the leader of the Whispers, Alpha, played by Samantha Morton, probably the greatest actor to ever be associated with the show, considering Whoa, she's been nominated yeah. for Oscars and Golden Globes and all that. Wow, um, she is so good as Alpha, um, better than Negan. I mean, Negan was 
Jeffrey Dean Morgan really kind of hammed it up as Negan. Yeah, I mean, my That's issue with Negan is it felt like he was trying to do an impression of the character, not becoming the character. Like, it just looked like yeah. bad cosplay to me. From what I've seen of Alpha, that's the draw to come back, not the dog. Well, for for me, it's the dog, but also for Alpha, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Samantha Morton is great. The The whispers are so cool. Like, some of the coolest stuff I've ever seen in the show happens in this season. The introduction of the whispers, especially, it was like a really well shot scene. It's just really cool. Do they have a huge badass playing beta? Yes, they do. There's a beta Damn. is super cool as well. And now in season 10, which comes out on October 6th, uh, there's a new character, a show-only character called Gamma, which is going to kind of <laughs> buy for Alpha's yes. affections. Oh, but, cool, man. Delta. Delta. So cool. and, yes, but who is playing Gamma? Uh, Thora Birch. If you've ever seen the movie Ghost World, oh, uh, called hit yeah. from 2001. Oh, wow. Thora, Thora Birch, Birch is, great, is yeah. coming to The Walking Dead. Yes. Um, Comic and, Queen. Yeah, and so you also have of... um, Dan Fogler in there. Uh, you might know him as Jacob from Fantastic Beasts movies. So they're getting some like oh. somewhat big actors in this show now for some reason. Is he doing comic um, relief? I was skipping through some of them on Netflix, and when I saw him, I was like, oh, that's a great character actor get for this show. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of like a little funny kind of guy, but I mean, he he he's a survivor too. Like he's part of this new group of like five people that meet up with Alexandria and stuff. But the whole premise is that, you know, Rick is gone. Michonne is the leader of Alexandria. Maggie is gone. So Jesus and like Tara and these other characters are the leaders of the hilltop. So there's the hilltop, there's the kingdom, there's Alexandria. And all these communities are trying to work together. Uh, and it's just very Game of Thronesy because they all want different things. And mm-hmm. there's, that, there's, you know, the that whispers and everything. Yeah. The introduction of all of those communities, too, is something you kind of skipped over. That all happens during the Negan War, right? Uh, Yeah. I mean, essentially, they find Alexandria first, and then they meet Jesus, who's from Hilltop. And then Maggie kind of becomes a big part of Hilltop. And there's Gregory, who's like the kind of evil leader of Hilltop. I say, I say, I say. He's Colonel uh, Um, Froghorn Leghorn, I believe. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah and then there's the kingdom which is king ezekiel um he has a he has a pet tiger which is really cool he has, he has a pet tiger <laughs> whoa <laughs> yeah unfortunately the tiger gets killed by zombies eventually i was gonna say but, for about uh, a minute i mean with the show's budget yeah yeah and the tiger death scene wasn't very cool either so kind of sad but ezekiel and carol end up together in a relationship um and michonne who obviously in the show ends up with Rick in a relationship is now the mother to Judith. So it's like Judith and Michonne are a family unit and they also banging Daryl. Um, no, she's not banging anyone, but she did have another kid with Rick named RJ. Who's like a little toddler now. Whoa. Yeah. I probably, yeah. RJ. RJ. Wow. Yeah. So she's got a little kid. She's got Judith. Judith is like the new Carl. She's wearing the hat. You know, it's got everything, but, um, and then little girls and hats and dogs. (laughs) It's very good. Everything, Joe, you heard him (laughs) (laughs) even leading to its own red wedding moment in the second to last episode of the season, uh, which kills about six or seven characters. Um, some that you care about, some that you don't. And, uh, yeah, so there's a big, uh, culling of older characters that they obviously wanted to get rid of. But it's pretty effective, and it makes the the whispers seem like legitimate 
like threats. So that's that's pretty cool. Mm. I um you know I, I was obviously poking fun at it, but I did see the five minute fight sequence between Beta and Daryl, and that's mm. enough for me to want to check this show out because oh, cool. it yeah. was insane. That's one of the highlights of the season for sure. The introduction of the whispers and the fight between Daryl and Beta, both very cool. Um, do you guys want me to give away who dies in this red wedding moment? Yes, very much. I'm assuming Dan <laughs> Fogelberg. No, no, he's he's still kicking. For oh, now. But I got a, I got another um, Fantastic Beast so to go be, shoot. This will be big spoilers, Normie. So if you don't yeah, want to hear, big skip spoilers, forward a bit. But it's not super big. I mean, all these characters, it's like you can live with with or without them. Like the biggest one that you guys would really know maybe is Tara. Oh, she was Tara. the one who was pregnant yes. off off uh, off show, and they just sort of started to yes. hide it and like putting her she in the is, background of scenes. Not yes. my favorite. She's Danny Masterson's sister, I believe. So. Oh, whoa! Yeah, <laughs> so Scientologist—that's oh, okay. great. Big Scientology family, yeah. So um, she's gone. Enid gone. Um, Enid is this girl. Oh, Enid was the little girl a, who was friends with Carl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Henry, which is so basically, there's this big plot point. So Alpha has a daughter named Lydia. Lydia gets taken captive by Alexandria. Henry is Carol in Ezekiel's adopted son, who's like a big part of this season. He okay. kind of like falls for her, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, Henry, sorry, you don't make it, buddy. And then just a bunch of characters that you won't care about at all. But it's it's effective in, in a way that it kills like a bunch of people. And they're like, oh, shit, Alpha is like insane and she means business. So it's setting up next season. And I think it'll be really cool. So can we talk like a little bit about compare? Yeah. Well, I was going to say just the Game of Thrones or the medieval thing where it's like, you know, you would yeah. have to build your wall around your fortress to keep out nature and weird shit. So it's like nature is now zombies and you have to protect, you know, your resources right. inside your little kingdom. Like it is very it's, much like that. Yeah, it is so Game of Thrones, you know, I mean, they all have swords and bows and arrows and it's like the showrunners watch Game of Thrones and they're like, can we just make that and like kind of put it into our zombie movie you know the white walkers (laughs) the walkers dead (laughs) yeah yeah uh can we just talk about for a minute just like things that uh, just bugged us maybe again i know we talked earlier about when we dropped off but maybe reasons why we dropped off because me personally like i'll I'll tell you guys my history with the show i didn't watch it originally Mm. like the pilot aired on halloween you guys were so excited for it Joe, I didn't join your watching parties till like season three, and I never saw the first two seasons. I don't really give a shit about You didn't about join those. them until we lived together. Yeah. Right. Oh, that might have been you like didn't prison. Really have a choice. Yeah, that might have been like season <laughs> four or something like that. So Season me, three, which was the first prison season. Yeah, but I used to talk, like my dad would watch the show. I would call him and I'd be like, what do you like about it? And I mean, every week he would tune in. But this is a guy who, after the introduction of Negan, was straight like, He's too much like Donald Trump. He's a bully. I can't stand it. The guy makes me angry. I can't watch it anymore. And hasn't. Hmm. Yeah, well, he's supposed to make you angry because he's the antagonist. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's a little too harsh to cut away from that. But I think yeah. it was also at a time when like the budget was stretching it out that like the show is slowing its pace down to a crawl so much. Yeah, well, that's the thing. That's a really crazy thing is that seasons uh, six through eight like from from uh, Glenn's death to the capture in, of Negan at the end, it's about two months or like one and a half months of showtime. 
uh, when in actuality it took place over like three years. And so when you think about the time, like if you think about it at all, like it doesn't make any sense. There's a six year time jump in this new season. That's more time than the entire show from the beginning until that point. Wow. There's, it's only been about three years in the show's time from hey, season one to uh, season eight. Carl, I know you used to be three feet tall and now that you're <laughs> six foot and shaving. But remember, it's only been a year in showtime. It's like, oh, yeah, wow. Well. Literally, Carl should have been about 14 when he died. But I mean, what can you do with, you know, actors aging and stuff? That's kind of inevitable. But yeah, so it's like there's a six year time jump. So when you think like Michonne's still like mourning over the loss of Rick six years later when all they've been through, like. He, she spent more time without him than yeah, she would have with all him. they've been through. I would never stop talking about the fact that people tried to eat us. Even when they start wearing the dead people's skins, I'd be like, I don't care about you. People tried to eat us in one season. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if you think about the timeline at all, it just falls apart. So just don't. But um, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, the season eight, like they slowed the time down so much. And like you could tell, like they didn't, they were just like, had no budget. They didn't know where they were going with this whole Negan thing. They're just stretching Aimless. it out, padding it so much. And yeah, yeah it got an, I bet that's another thing too, washable. where you don't even know how long Jeffrey Dean Morgan wants to stay there. So every contract renewal, you're like, "Fuck, what do we do now?" Right, but yeah. he's but actually um, Negan is like a better character now than he even was like a season ago. Maybe more sympathetic now that he's captured. Um, I think maybe it's a good time because we're, we're, we're talking a lot about kind of the issues that the show has. So I, I would like to go around and do a tops and bottoms. You know, what, what is your favorite thing about the show and what's your kind of least favorite thing? And because I think it, it's, it's popular for a reason and people are watching and I don't want to just dog on it the whole episode. Um, yeah, we've been saying so too many mean things. You're so let's right, go Mike. around. Let's do a top and a bottom because there are some merits to it, I believe. And I, I'd like to start with Jacob uh, as kind of the, the expert here. Sure. Yeah. I mean, when I, again, when I say that, you know, the show is bad, I still watched it for, for nine seasons. So I must, something must be bringing me back, but, um, tops and bottoms, obviously I think Rick is like the best character on the show. And like, um, even though I'm praising season nine a lot, it definitely hurts from a lack of Rick because they take Rick out. It's like, they try to kind of replace him with a combination of Daryl and Michonne and Carol but it's just not the same. Like you can't replace Rick. Like he's such a integral part of the show. And, um, part of that is like Andrew Lincoln's performance, which I think is mostly pretty good and like better than most of the other supporting characters. Like Rick just really makes that show for me alongside with Daryl as well. Like, but Daryl's Daryl can't, you know, be a main character to me anyways. He's more of the sidekick to Rick and they always have, will always have that dynamic. So Rick best part of the show Worst part of the show for me has got to be like some of the earlier seasons with Andrea. Um, I've heard that she's a better character in the comics, but she's such an annoying character in the show. I was so glad when she died. Oh, she's Rick, the love of Rick's life in the comics. So to give all that yeah. to Michonne is very interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think Michonne, I mean, obviously Michonne in the show, I think that fits her better. So I'm glad. Uh, Danae Guru, like a much better actress. <laughs> yeah. And Andrea, the actress that played Andrea was one of the, um, you know, Frank Darabont holdovers. And a lot of those characters, like a lot of those actors, like after Frank Darabont left, they're like, what are we still doing on the show? So they got written out, except for Carol, who was another Frank Darabont regular who, who's like outlived pretty much everyone on the show. So Carol, maybe biggest surprise of the show because she just keeps surviving. I don't know how she is in the comics, but, uh, you know, very interesting character in the show. 
I, th- I like Carolyn's show. Joe, what's your tops and bottoms for The Walking Dead? Um, you know, I I enjoy it when I watch it. Um, I fell off, but like now that it's on Netflix, I'll probably jump back in. Um, my tops are the surprise factor. You know, I think it's rare that a show can kill people off and 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 keep you guessing and stuff like that. And the action sequences are like top notch, really. Um, mm-hmm. My bottom would be everything in between, though, man. Like bad cliffhanging <laughs> endings. Um, and it's like every season could really be four four episodes. But I'm so stretch, on board with you. They stretch the content of four episodes out to Absolutely. twelve. Um, That's why it's a true anime. Yeah, I guess. I don't. <laughs> it's all filler. Um, yeah, definitely. And you know, like the reason I really fell off was just like bringing in Negan is such an iconic character. It just really felt like bad cosplay to me. Like it didn't feel like the rest of the world that the show had created. Um, but I'd be interested to like jump back in because I think maybe I was too quick to jump out and that now you get King Ezekiel and Jesus and like all of those characters are kind of over the top too. So it kind of just yeah. seems like there was a major tonal shift and you know, maybe I, I didn't adjust to the water and I got out instead of just sticking with it. So you weren't around for any of the like meeting King Ezekiel and stuff in the show? Only like the very beginning in the show. And like, you know, again, like I guess my issue was it really just felt like all of a sudden it was kind of like like a bad fan film of the comic. And I like I guess my top would be that it stood on its own. I guess I liked it um like it now it is different. It's almost like not to give Disney Plus any advertising, like a what if, like because they changed so much with this new season, I'm okay jumping back in uh, when I dropped off around season six because it does have like this breath of fresh air feel. And you know, it's only going to be like one and a half more seasons. So, and I'm dying yeah, to I see would, the whispers. Honestly, yeah. I would just skip the, I would skip season seven and eight or whatever if you haven't seen them and just go right to season nine and just like. Watch oh, it from there. I'm sure you know who Negan is by now, etc. Colin, yeah. what's your tops and bottoms on this? You know, I'll just say my top is what it did for society. You know, Jacob is saying that Game of Thrones cribbed from, or they cribbed from Game of Thrones, but we wouldn't have Game of Thrones if it wasn't for The Walking Dead. You know, it established no, no, no. in our culture, people were like, oh, you can kill a lead character. Things can be surprising. Wow, that's exciting. You can put a ton of money into weird genre stuff and people will watch it like that's huge too that's an interesting Uh, argument yeah i I can kind of get down with that i'm just excited for the popularity exactly that it did but the things that it does worst are you know all brought on by its content creators they make their own dysphoria and like confusion like a perfect example of this is the characters t-dog versus like tyson or whoever they end up introducing where it's like these are the same characters that tyrese thank you oh these are the same characters yeah for a while the same characters in the comic there was like an internet joke where basically every time they introduced a black character, they had to kill off their existing black character. It's like we can't have more than one black guy on at a time. And like for oh several God. seasons, like it did that. It was very awkward. They did it. But literally with those two characters, they're the same character in the comic book. And then fans are like, well, you're not really doing T-Dog justice. And they're like, OK, we'll just introduce another T-Dog. <laughs> to me, that's like, well, great yeah. fucking idiots. It was we insane. I mean, literally, they were just like. Like a Tyrese T Dog, he's a fucking linebacker, one of the coolest characters in the comics. He's mm-hmm. the one that Rick gets in a big fight with. Uh, 
in the in the show they're just like oh it didn't work let's just do it again and no one's gonna notice that t-dog and tyrese are basically the same person that's yeah, insane like, that was blatantly the same person yeah. that's crazy i mean i just have an um, issue with that yeah <laughs> i forgot about luckily that. they do uh they do his sister sasha a little bit better so yeah um if I can give my uh, tops and bottoms briefly here, I think what it does best, I'm pretty much 100% in line with Joe. I think it's the practical effects, the action, kind of the tone. Um, they execute very well. But the biggest problem with it is the pacing. Like, it is paced so slow and boring. Like you said, you're waiting for the first episode, the mid-season finale, and then the build-up to the finale episode and the finale. Four episodes, like Joe said. That's all you really need. The rest of it is literally just filler. So it, that's why it kills itself. It did lend itself to being that, like, everybody meet up and let's watch it and talk about it. Because all you yeah. can do is make assumptions because nothing is happening. Yeah, but it's not yeah. the walking dead. It's the shambling dead. I mean, they take <laughs> yeah. oh, God, tiptoeing yeah. dead. You're just like, come on. No, and At that least got the comic, especially... you can burn through it. Yeah, that got especially egregious during the Negan seasons where it was like, none of these middle like episodes matter at all. Like you might as well just tune in for the finale, the mid season finale, and then the the premiere of the finale and the mid season finale. That's all you need. Yeah, it's like they're pretty much just like getting prepared to take yeah. action. There's no action happening. But uh, again, I think season nine, I can't I can't overstate it enough. I think it's so much better paced than previous seasons. Like right. I'm, after I'm, you get through the first six episodes, unfortunately, because they do wrap stuff up. But after the time jump, really well paced after that. So yeah, and it's I'm on Netflix, to kind of look man. At I'll that. do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, bang it you. out on Netflix. Um, can I talk briefly about the spinoff for a second? Fear the Walking Dead. Boat the Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, they yeah, they were on a boat for a minute. But um, so this started as a show where they wanted to show kind of how the beginnings of the zombie apocalypse happened because you know, in Rick wakes up in a coma after like three months or whatever, shit has already gone down. It's very 28 days later. Yeah. So this is supposed to show it starts in LA, Los Angeles. Um, and it's showing the beginning of the outbreak. Um, quickly, they kind of get away from that concept for some reason, like after half a season and it just becomes another walking dead with a different group of characters. Um, but they go to basically go from LA to Mexico to Texas. Um, and the, the thing is about this show is that seasons one and two, I didn't love so much. Season one, I thought was pretty bad. Season two got a little better. Season three, out of nowhere, they have this great single season plot. I love season three of Fear the Walking Dead. And I think it's one of the best seasons of any either show. Should we all be so lucky enough to make a show that lasts four seasons so Jacob can like the fourth <laughs> season of it? And like one of them. And then Glenn yeah, well, his favorite yeah. show. Well, this is what happened. So they had a great setup for season three, like really interesting characters, really interesting plot, great world building, and it ends on a cliffhanger. And then what do they do? They fire the showrunners. They bring in Scott Gimple to take over. They, uh, they bring Scott Morgan Gimple. over from, from The Walking Dead to make it the Morgan show. They kill off the two most interesting characters, and they completely change the show. And season four is awful, and I stopped watching it because it was terrible it was like the worst season of any show so i don't want to watch the morgan show outside Um, of morgan did it have a consistent lead between the four yeah it had so the family so the mom of the family played by kim dickens um was a really interesting character standout kim dickens sure yeah um she so basically the thing is like she's 
the female Rick, right? And she's the thing with her is that she gets this kind of um, ruthless pragmatism that Rick eventually develops, but she gets it like way quicker. And so there is this fan theory online that basically the main family from Fear the Walking Dead was eventually going to become the Whispers or another group of like villains and cross over on the main show and become antagonist to the right. main group, which would have been really be interesting, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately that didn't happen, but the, you know, she gets killed off in season four, the um, heroin addict son, who was another really interesting character gets killed off in season four because they didn't want to be a part of the show. Anymore. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. And I because, like that character that the, the addict son, like I like this kind of look yeah. at a different group, especially early on. Yeah. That family was really cool because the thing is like, they, weren't exactly good guys. Like they did a lot of shady shit, which obviously Rick's group did too, but Rick's group kind of explained it better. It was like, Oh, we had to do what we had to do. This group was like, nah, we're fucking villains. We're and pirates. they kind of roll with that for a couple of seasons. And then, you know, they fire the showrunners and the heroin addict actor was like, I don't want to be on this show anymore. You fired the only guys who knew what they were doing and brought in this fucking guy, Scott Gimple. So mm. they, they bring in Morgan, they bring in these other characters um, and it just changes completely. And I have not, uh, caught up to that because I, it just, you know, broke my heart. So I just hope that one day maybe I can create a show that's just mediocre enough that they do a spinoff that also lasts for like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what well, didn't fear the walking dead just come out of a fear of the walking dead leaving? I mean, isn't oh. that just AMC <laughs> oh, trying good. to keep their bread and butter? Yeah. They've talked it, about it now. Never, yeah, I was going to say it never really developed the audience that fear that Walking Dead had like it has maybe a quarter of the the view share that Well, the Walking Dead was still on the air like you, you deep space nine of me right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they're talking about putting up more spin-offs uh supposedly and beyond that we should mention as well. The only trailer we have seen that is a confirmed spin-off is for the 2020 untitled Rick Grimes AMC event film for The Walking Dead. Have you guys seen the teaser? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What? I mean, so, Jacob, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, thoughts on that as an expert, as well, a guy who watches this show and then it's like, well, what the fuck is this? And will you, will you explain a little bit about Rick leaving? Because, you know, I did not watch that. Yeah. So the way they write him off the show is, is weird because they can't kill him, obviously, because they want to do this movie. Why not? But they also want to do the six year time jump. So it's like. Well, okay, so you're gonna he's going to leave the show for six years and then come back. But basically how, how it happens is in the beginning of the season, they're trying to build this bridge. It's going to help the communities and everything. There's a lot of misunderstandings, blah, blah, blah. Um, Rick eventually blows up the bridge to kill a big herd of walkers. And they think that he might, he's dead too. And they're lo- all looking for his body. Um, if you remember the, the garbage lady, the leader of the garbage yes. people, Jaina, <laughs> Jaina, uh, Jadis, but basically, Jadis. There's like this mysterious helicopter that she's communicating with some organization that we don't know about yet. So she finds Rick um, barely alive. They take him up in a helicopter and he disappears. So okay, but I will say the his last episode. These guys, (laughs) like, what does that make you think? I mean, that to me, that's that's a terrible ending to that character, Joe. You liked Rick Grimes too. I don't like Rick Grimes. Let me say that, but you do. I mean, it's 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 the same issue I have with the CDC, right? Like, don't try to explain anything. It's the same reason I didn't watch Fear the Walking Dead. Oh, they Dead. don't. Don't try to show they me don't the beginning. 
Yeah, but they will, obviously. <laughs> like, yeah, he's going to the movie's going to open. He's going to be like, oh, so helicopters, huh? I remember what this is. I uh, Here's my pitch. Um, he gets off the helicopter on the roof. They have one of his loved ones who he hasn't seen. He raises his hand to wave hello. Boom, loses it. Ooh. Now we're talking. Maybe well, like some movie special effects. Yeah, they gave the missing hand to Aaron already in the show. Right, so. but if you're doing it in the movie, I think it was just a pain in the ass to do it every week on a serialized show. Right. But that was just, you know, just I did want to say, as, as, as dumb as the way they wrote him off, I will say that he gets some really cool, like, flashback, like, dream sequences in this episode where Shane comes back, uh, Herschel comes back, and they're really nice moments, actually. So those are the probably good parts of that episode. Uh, but bringing Shane back after eight years was like pretty crazy. Um, and Herschel right before that actor died. So that's pretty cool too. Oh, so I forgot that. are these like flashbacks of things we didn't see happen or are these like visions of like, like spirit visions? They're like, like visions. Like, he's, ghosts. like it's like, he's basically running from force all these zombies. Ghosts. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. And he keeps like passing out trying to escape these zombies. And then he sees Shane and Shane's like trying to tell him like, Hey man, let me tell you something. You got to wake up, man. You got to wake up. Leave me alone. I'm trying not to pass two. out here. I banged your wife, man. Uh, I see. Oh, no, that, that's <laughs> I'm good. the punisher, yeah, man. man. To bring him back. He's done well for himself. Yeah. Um, but basically, they bring back um, yeah, Shane, Herschel, and then I think for some reason, Abraham. And it's like, oh, we're but Abraham and Rick ever that close? <laughs> hey, yeah, not Carl. Why wouldn't he but, see his son, his dead son? That's terrible. Uh, I have a feeling uh, Chandler Riggs, maybe he's not on the best terms with that show anymore. Super since bitter. Killed him off. Super yeah. bitter. And they didn't oh, bring really? Lori back either. So I thought that was kind of strange. But hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. But it was, you know, it was an interesting wrap up to his character. I don't know, you know, how if they're going to bring him back to the main show eventually. But like I All said, right, it's so, been six years. So. so let me hear some pitches. I want to go around. I want to hear one from everybody. I say helicopter lands. He's pulled down to a secret 1% bunker where Donald Trump's there, all these other rich oh, people. <laughs> and it's just Rick sipping champagne before uh, something bad happens and he has to kill all these rich fucks. He's just, here's Rick's arc. All right. Here's Rick's entire arc and everything. Hello, new group. I will be your leader. Yeah, and I you disagree think with you're him. in charge? Yeah. <laughs> I'm in yeah. charge. Right. And then so. everyone eventually realizes that, oh, we have to follow Rick because he's the strongest and he'll no, do what we can. because he's the craziest. Yeah, so perhaps in this <laughs> yeah. movie, there'll be a moment where Rick shows up and then we'll decide that he should be in charge. That's yeah, my wild guess. <laughs> That's so. probably a pretty good guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It just reminds me of that old sitcom, uh, The Prisoner, where it's just like a guy taken to a mysterious island with other. It's just like I couldn't even imagine what it's going to end up being. Yeah, they really don't Day explain of the it. Dead at underground all. bunker. Yeah, I mean, Jadis has had contact with these helicopter people for a while. I but don't want her like to be a co lead in it. No, no. Um,. Yeah, we'll see. But I think, you know, if you've seen the Comic-Con season 10 trailer of The Walking Dead, looks really cool. Like, I'm, I'm super psyched, actually, for the new season. Well, my last question then, Jacob, uh, to you. Do you think this film will be popular? People would go to theaters for it. And do you think this season will bring back the popularity? Because obviously they've been hemorrhaging viewers since the past four seasons. Yeah, for, for the movie, I... 
I'm not sure. I mean, is it going to be released in theaters? I thought it was more of a TV movie event. Oh, no, no, it's man. Like AMC wants event. it to be an event. Yeah, they're doing it for their AMC like theaters event. as well. No, no, no. AMC uh, owns AMC it, theaters. Think about that. Yeah. Those yeah. Have- I don't know if I'll go to the theaters to see it, but I'll definitely catch it on Netflix or something. Um, I I don't know who's asking for AMC. this, but yeah. Like... I. There's got to be a trailer that shows you more of what this is going to be for people to actually get in on it. Yeah, yeah this is just so now nerds can speculate. Uh, right. I mean, us. it doesn't even have a title yet. Yeah. Right. It just had that helicopter flying towards what could be Atlanta. I don't know. Um, right. But as for season... Grime soundtrack. That's all I... Dude, nice. Hilarious. <laughs> um, I don't think people go to theaters because, like... People don't care about theaters anymore. They just want but to sit Mike, at home on Netflix. So. At a time where Netflix is releasing The Irishman and a very comparable thing to this Walking Dead thing, AMC's El Camino, Breaking Bad, is also getting theatrical release and, of course, released on Netflix. Like, mm-hmm. is like is is Breaking Bad what The Walking Dead's buzz should be? Well, I mean, Breaking yeah. Bad is a way better show and a way more beloved um, critically acclaimed show, so yeah, it never exactly fell apart. Hey, yeah, Breaking but it, it did have some of its own issues, uh, not on this level, but it's it's Breaking not a Bad perfect did? show, but it's fucking amazing. Well, you I never mean, had a showrunner people... leave. I think the theatrical draw is like if the super fans want to meet up in the same theater, like that's who that's for. The casual fan is going to watch it at home. That's pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, I will say. Um, I, I think more people are going to be interested in a, a Jesse Breaking Bad movie, like what happened to him, than than this Walking Dead movie. But I don't know. Right. Any other thoughts on the movie show spinoffs? Yeah, I will say for season nine, I, I like Colin, like you were asking, um, I do think hopefully it'll bring some some viewers back because if you look at reviews and stuff for season nine, pretty much everyone agrees that it's better than what the show has been for the past couple years. So if they can bring back some of the audience they were losing, that would be pretty cool. And I think the Angela Kang era has gotten off to a strong start. All right. Well, uh, The Walking Dead has had a long television history, ups and downs, um, stumbling, faltering, and then now seems to be rising back up. Uh, The Walking Dead has also single-handedly given life to and killed a video game company. We will talk about that next. We're talking The Walking Dead video games, and like Mike said, very popular video games that happen to fall with the same life cycle of Walking Dead, where it's like, super popular, oh, nope, we're dead, oh, we're crawling back from the grave, so let's talk about that history, specifically Telltale. Yeah, they uh, basically, you know, they were kind of middling, they did get the rights to The Walking Dead, and the first game, uh, the first Walking Dead kind of choose-your-own-adventure style games, that's what they were sort of known for, it did great. Yeah, The Wolf Among Us, that was kind of their first adaptation off of the Fables comics, and they really weren't a well-known company. Nobody was really playing their stuff. Even getting, like, the Jurassic Park license, no. But when they got The Walking Dead and got to write an original story with the help of Robert Kirkman that existed so deep in that mythos, people loved it. 
And that's a tribute to Kirkman, too, because he's always been so involved with every aspect from the comics to the show to even the early Telltale games. So that lends itself to the strength of him wanting to tell different stories in different mediums. And that's why I think the early Telltale games actually are really good. I really enjoyed them. Did you guys have any experience with yeah. these? Um, yeah, I played um, I played both seasons of The Walking Dead. There's also a Michonne um, like spinoff that I didn't play. Um, but see, yeah, the Walking Dead, pretty good, pretty good. Joe, do you play these? I have not, no. Didn't it's they cool also have they a Batman really, one? Uh, Kirkman, Guys, that breaks they my heart. They had a Batman one, a Game of Thrones, Oh, Minecraft. yeah, Telltale got Basically, because this, of this, yeah. they got every license yeah. ever. They were like and Lego. And they just thought, let's print money, successful. let's stay on the same uh, game engine, let's not update right. anything, let's not really make dynamic choices a, a real through line through the series. But I love these games. Yeah. I'm surprised to hear, Joe, that you didn't play these. Uh, four seasons. Started in 2012, follows the character Clementine, a little Asian girl, as she grows up living through the apocalypse. Clementine is, um, I liked, I played the first season and I think just, yeah, the story arcs and like the tension they create, because normally it's basically a, a choose your own adventure book. You know, you're just watching it. It's less of a game and more of just like an interactive storytelling device. But I think they did a good job of like creating those moments of tension and those decision moments that have branching paths. Blank will remember this kind of became a meme. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah, especially like season yep. season one, especially I think is pretty well written as like a self contained thing. Um, the critique of Telltale games that a lot of people have had um, is that it's sort of the fault, like the illusion of choice, where you're not like these choices you're making totally. don't actually matter in the long run. They're just kind of giving you the illusion of choice. So, and I think the the downfall of the company is the sort of the diminishing returns when they kept trying to do the same thing, and it's like, well, people are getting kind of tired of that. Sure. And to build a product where your basis is what you're saying, Jacob, following up, you know, that's hard to engage the audience if it's like, well, I'm only going to play the third game. And they're like, well, no, no, no. The choices you make in the first two have to affect that third one. Well, not really, because we want everyone on the planet to buy this game. So let's kind of take that out. It doesn't really follow on the promise. It was well known um, that within the company, like they weren't treating employees very well. Then they were just straight up wanting to make the same game over and over they didn't want to innovate so like the game of thrones game is the same as the walking dead game is the same as the batman game like we had this formula that was successful and they never innovated and they died on the vine and and that's what happened yeah and the way they treated their staff too it's definitely indicative of a larger problem in the gaming industry we're talking Mm -hmm. about crunch we're talking about we're talking time crisis Go, yeah. go. You got to get this thing out at this exact you, time. You work overtime for make free because you love games. Yeah. Oh, right. Geez. So game companies need to unionize. But that's the political statement. But yeah, it, bad treatment, bad, poorly run. And the decisions from the top to not innovate it was ultimately what uh, killed the company. But they did have success with those early Walking Dead games. And I would recommend playing at least the first two seasons. Uh, I would say the first two seasons, you know, the first one, you're not really even playing as Clementine. You're playing as her caretaker before she assumes mm-hmm. that role in the second, where it gets a little more aimless. She's like taking care of a pregnant lady in the third season. She's taking care of the kid from that pregnant lady. And then in season four, she's sort of figuring out her place in the world. Um mm. I don't know. I'm with Jacob. I would say check out the Michonne. I know you didn't say you played that, Jacob, but like Robert Kirkman had so much input on that and it filled in gaps of the TV show. And I love that character so much. It's like, that's the cool one. Yeah, I was I was meant to check that out. I didn't even realize there was four seasons. Like I thought there was only two seasons of the main game. So I only played the first two. But uh, 
I definitely wanted to check out the, the Michonne one. I also did the Game of Thrones one. It wasn't terrible, but, you know, we're not talking about Game of Thrones. But <laughs> Right. Well, we kind of did because the new season is similar well, to the Game of Thrones. You know, that's so the I cool thing about way, Telltale yeah. ties it all together. Yeah, we've talked about, check our other episodes out. We've talked about this company maybe a thousand times at this point. <laughs> they do cover a lot. Like the said, ultimate, they're Lego. Yeah, the ultimate problem is like even if you liked some of their earlier stuff, like obviously the diminishing returns, they kept trying to do the same thing and people got bored of that. And these point and click adventure games, if you're not keeping people interested, they're not going to do well. And I guess like the real question, I don't think there's too much to say about these um, anymore about the Telltale games, but it's like, what, what, is, what is a Walking Dead game? And they really leaned in on the character choices and the group dynamic. But if you're someone who just wants to kill zombies and run around, there's tons of games for that. I mean, look at Left 4 Dead. Like, that's a, a great game if you just want to run Ooh, around and shoot zombies. So. I love that. And Mike, we should say, the guy who plays Tyrese voices coach in Left 4 Dead 2. So a little bit of a connection there. I do love that point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's really fun. So, you know, Games of the Walking Dead, I don't have a ton more to add unless you guys have any, like, groundbreaking insights here. I like what you just said, Mike, about what is a Walking Dead game. Like, if you look it up, mm-hmm. Walking Dead survival and stuff like that, where you're like, you play as the Dixon brothers, and you have a crossbow, and you're going around shooting them. Like, even that, it's like, if that's what you're looking for, I'd say the Telltale does do an interesting thing, and that is more about the community politics and the survival mm-hmm. group and stuff like that. But I would say there hasn't been a good zombie game what was the the last days or something on playstation that just days came gone. out Dying Light. days gone thank you yeah days oh, gone yeah, yeah. well there's That's been a million i mean there's been yeah. a million but that one specifically it truly seems like you are a daryl and you're you just Darryl, truly you just like go around. around i mean that t- i haven't played it but normies check that video game out the best yeah. walking dead game is the last of us Case oh. closed. yeah last the of adult us is, version yeah, yeah. I mean, that kind of has the same storyline of the Telltale games where you, you're like playing mm-hmm. as the caretaker and then in the end, the caretaker dies and the girl lives on. And some of the humans are more dangerous than the actual creatures. I think that's, that's right. the best in tone of like what the Walking Dead world is. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, very right. accurate well, points. And I do like that too, Mike, like what you said, like when the humans are the dangerous part of the apocalypse. Oh, it's not the animals. It's not the creatures. It's man itself is the most dangerous game. Yeah. And that's like the main thesis of, you know, the Walking Dead itself, right? We are the Walking Dead and so, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And we are the Walking Normies hosts and we are going to walk our way over to the wrap up of the walking dead thank you for sticking through it Jeez, your arm is looking pretty good man i think you're getting better and that i see your darkness 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 did you know how much i love you here's a hope that somehow you we're back we're talking walking dead we're talking our final thoughts on the walking dead on this very special spooktober episode of normies like us uh i'll jump in here first guys Colin here uh my thoughts are the walking dead mike said it was a parody the video games earlier people will remember that we haven't talked about the parody that the walking dead became of just people saying each other's names rick (laughs) carl carl daryl rick carl 
I mean, it's almost Girl, you almost house. <laughs> you almost hate that Michonne's in there because it's a harder name for these people to say Michonne, Carl, yeah. Michonne, watch out! Yeah, it really so, took over for Suki. Suki. Uh, I just think uh, when a show becomes, it's hard to bounce back from that. You know, in my mind, the show is still a joke. And I'm, I'm inspired by Jacob here that maybe it can find its seriousness again, that I can love it and all that stuff. But to me right now, Walking Dead's in a bad way, guys. Yeah, I think no, what we've sure. uncovered is, has it ever really been in a great way? I mean, the comics for sure, but like the show, I don't know but if it's, it's a, ever but really it's the, been. It was at one point the most popular show of all time. We have the numbers, we have the figures to back that up. And mm-hmm. so, but, right. but I would agree with you, Mike, in that even the people involved would be like, well, yeah, but like, it's still not good. <laughs> and I'd be like, right. I, would, well, I, I would compare it to like the Fast and the Furious franchise, like hugely popular wow franchise but quality wise it's never really been like you know great but how um, is norman reedus not in fast and the furious you're so right jacob (laughs) Oh, that needs to happen that needs to happen for sure they have motorcycles in the newest uh, hobbs and shaw i believe so yeah he Um, loves motorcycles yeah i think this is good that like we're not that podcast it's like it's great oh it's the greatest oh yeah i recommend it's like yeah you know it has issues and a lot to like a lot to like but a lot of issues to bring up i agree mike Right. People know what it is. Um, I think, yeah, like I hate to rag on it so much because obviously, you know, I've watched every season now and it's still holding my attention, but and it's definitely never reached, like it's never had anywhere good, like close to like a Game of Thrones quality or, uh, you know, some of these other shows. Breaking like, Bad quality. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but obviously, yeah, it's hugely popular. Um, even to this day with all the, the, the viewers that have dropped off, it's still one of the most popular shows on TV. Like it lost like a good amount of its audience and can still be the most popular show. Yeah. So that just shows you how far ahead it was from other shows to begin with. Um, I'll go ahead and end mine on a, uh, a positive note too. Like the comic book is one of the most influential comic books of all time. Um, it's one of the longest running comic books of all time. Uh, it's one of the best selling and it proved that you don't have to be Superman or Captain America to succeed in the comic book world. Uh, it put image comics entirely on the map in a way that it wasn't before. Like Wildstorm characters weren't taking off like the Walking oh, Dead man. universe did. Uh, so, you know, it may be a mediocre, a mediocre TV show and some cash grab games, but the comic book is king, man. I mean, it's a... Uh, one of the longest running of all time. Like you can't argue that for, for years and years it was outselling real Marvel and DC heroes. And Joe, you and I excited because Robert Kirkman's moving on to his invincible show on Amazon. Like that's, that's enough for us. It's like, yeah, we loved him for doing the superhero thing. He's still going to be doing it. He's still going to be making us happy. Yeah. If there's anything we learned in this episode, it's follow the career of Robert Kirkman, because when he had a hand in the products of the show, the games and the comic book, it was good. So whatever he's doing, you can kind of buy in. I I am buying in and have bought in on Kirkman and his creative. So I'm happy and excited to see what comes out next. Invincible, man. You're going to love it. It's super cool. I just want to say one more thing. So basically, you know, we've been ragging on this show a lot. If I can convince anyone to just who's fallen out of, you know, season seven, season eight, admittedly bad seasons, check out season nine, because I really think give it another chance. And I, I think it's going some interesting places and just watch it. It's, it's good. It's good. And watch Fear the Walking Dead season three. OK, 
Uh, those are two bodies people are trying to bury that Jacob is letting them just crawl back up out of the grave. Stuart, watch him. Watch him. All right. Well, thank you, Normies, very much for walking with us, shambling along through The Walking Dead. Whether you enjoy the comics, the show, or the Telltale games, we hope you enjoyed this journey with us. We are still kicking it. Uh, this is not Coral. It is Mike. And thank you very much. This is uh, Bite and Colin. And surviving Joe. Uh, this is Jacob Grimes, Sheriff. <laughs> Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Normies. Let us know what episodes you want to hear. And thank you for joining us for Spooktober. Your arm is uh, starting to look Yeah, good, I got to go. It's better. time to go to the hospital, guys. <laughs> oh, no. Shoot him. Carl. Oh, hell yeah. This is Aquaman, and if you enjoyed that episode, I'd really appreciate it if you give it a like, share, and subscribe on iTunes, and you'd really be one of my man if you share with a friend. We'll be seeing you around.